Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. I'm David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record, we talk about the show, and lots of other stuff, too. Before I even begin, I have to tell you, this just in, this news just broke. My phone has been blowing up. Uh, Today is Monday. I'm working on a little bit of a deadline. This show drops Wednesday uh, the 23rd. Well, I'm editing this the night of Monday the 21st, and this is when the news broke. That the Facts of Life girls are reuniting together in a Hallmark made-for-TV Christmas movie, which will be broadcasting on Sunday, December 1st of this year. (coughs) We are all dying! People have been texting me. There's posts all over my Facebook. People are tagging me. It's, It's really very sweet to realize how known it is among all my friends, what a freak for the show I am, and how important a thing that is to me. So I will definitely be doing something. So uh, like I said, it just broke this afternoon. So stay tuned and we'll do something with it, I promise. Now to today's show, my guest this week is Christian Damon. Christian is an actor, he's an improviser, he has worked in the theme parks for a very long time. He and I still get to work together. Nowadays, it's at Sleuth's Dinner Theater. Um, We don't really have our paths cross much over at uh, the big theme parks, but you know, it's still great. Any working together is good working together as far as I'm concerned. Christian. And I watched season three, episode 23, called Joe's Cousin, which had an original air date of April 14th, 1982. It is another backdoor pilot, which we had one last week, and here's another one. They're just loading them all in before the season ends, hoping that something might stick. Um, It's a pretty good show. I think I I liked it with a few tweaks. I think it would have been really, really good. Um... That's really it. I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Christian Damon. Well, hello, Christian Damon. Well, hello, David Almeida. Welcome to your home. Uh, Yes, it is, in fact, my home. We're broadcasting on location. We are. I brought my equipment here to you due to um, some weird, completely inconsequential, unnecessary details where we were supposed to meet at Sleuth's after a rehearsal, and I'm on my way home from work, and you... But I'm live. unprofessional, and I didn't have all my lines in time, so I moved my rehearsal, so we had to redo oh, the whole thing. Oh, okay, so it was your unprofessionalism. It, it truly is, so if anyone's this. looking to cast me, <laughs> don't! It'll be available very soon. <laughs> um, so, uh, thank you for having me to your home. Absolutely. And uh, we have just watched uh, this lovely episode called Joe's Cousin. <laughs> And um, I think at any time there's a sitcom where it mentions somebody's relative, uh-huh. that that means it's going to be a little different than usual. I maybe I, I don't know. I, I feel like this has been done before, though, and I, I you haven't explained what's going to happen yet. But I, I I'm putting it out there right now. I feel like other sitcoms have done this before. 
Like a backdoor pilot. Right, yeah, yeah, a backdoor pilot, but I mean with relatives and things like oh, that. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, where oh, they sure. had the special episode where it was like, well, this relative's coming to town. Here's, yeah. Here's Harriet the elevator lady, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, I mean, Maud, <laughs> Maud was Edith Bunker's cousin. Right, right. On All yeah. in the Family. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's literally the, you know, kind of the grand... I, I, listen, I was born the year this episode came out. You were so. talking about that. So, <laughs> yes, we just watched Joe's Cousin and the episode's original air date... Um, what did I tell you? It 1982. Was April, I think. April. It was April 14th, 1982. And you were born when? October 1st, 1982. And uh, what is your social security number? Well, it, wait, hold on. <laughs> Damn you. it. He didn't fall for it. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> this podcast session. But, um, so, yes, yeah, so therefore, may I assume that you did not grow up watching this show you as know, an infant? No, I mean, I was aware of it, especially in reruns. Listen, I, I watched, I mean, it wasn't a Nick at Night staple, I don't think, at, at that time. But I, so I watched older stuff. Yeah. Oh, like, God, I, yeah. I had, you know, the Isle of Lucy's and the Mr. Ed's and oh, things. Oh, God, yeah, and that I did was, too. That, that was what I had because I, because I stayed up late and my parents didn't care. Yeah. They Same were year. great parents. Uh, <laughs> yes, they were. Um, um, but, but yeah, we'll no, talk... but I know F- Facts of Life was never really in my wheelhouse. So. Okay, well, that's that's fine. But you said you knew what? I knew two things. For some reason, I knew of Mrs. Garrett. Uh-huh. Um, and I knew Tootie. And you knew Tootie. Because okay. there was a specific episode that all I could remember was it was kind of like Twilight Zoney or Halloween themed or something. And there was this guy who'd show oh. up and, and would just say, Tootie. And that's that's all, and that's all, and that's what stuck in my brain. I believe that is a, a season eight episode called <laughs> Seven Little Indians, and it's like a Twilight Zone spoof, and it's it's a, that's like a like mystery. A, so it's like 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 an Agatha Christie, thing. In, yeah, which is yeah, because yeah, her, yeah. hers was Ten Little yeah. Indians, but that was a, um that was a Cloris Leachman episode. That wasn't oh. even a Mrs. Garrett. That wasn't. I think it's well, it's season eight. It's over our heads. Oh, okay, right. So you saw a later one, but that would have been like 87. And, and I'm sure I saw, and I, I know I've seen like bits and pieces of episodes over the years. Oh, God, yeah. It was just, I, it just never really got to me. So Yeah. Well, you know. But not now, everyone, now, Joe's cousin. Now that you've seen this, I think we've gotten you hooked all over again. <laughs> well, I, I, think, <laughs> I think there was a lost opportunity that, <laughs> that occurred here. To have television's first lesbian protagonist. <laughs> um, but, 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 we will get to there. So um, before we start uh, into the nuts and bolts of synopsizing, Christian, Damon, yes, yes. on my show, I always ask my guests if you would please give me a one to two sentence synopsis mm-hmm. of the entire show. Just a quickie one like you might see in a TV guide listing. Okay, um, so, uh, all right. So, Joe reminisces about her time at her uncle's house mm-hmm. with her cousins. Fun. That, that's that, that's it. That that's the the DVR. That's on the DVR. That's, that's what it is. Yep. So um, that's pretty much it. It's called Joe's cousin, and we meet more than one cousin. Yeah, but but the, the Joe's cousin we're talking about is a full blown lesbian. I <laughs> a fourteen year old lesbian. I I'm I'm not sure I can agree with that. I'm I've I always I don't know. I think she was overcompensating with that glorious dress she was wearing. Oh, we all, and we have we have so many fun things to discuss. So let's let's just. Just get right the fuck to it. Um, so we begin our episode in the parlor of the Facts of Life, and all the girls are sitting around. Blair is filing her nails. I don't even remember. And, and just, just can, can you just give me just a quick? What's the deal? Are they are they in like a female like like boarding school? Boarding school. Okay, so it's like Hogwarts without the fun. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's and, and Mrs. Garrett's like uh, Maggie Smith without the talent. Um, facts of life. <laughs> Hogwarts without the fun. Yeah. That's the new that's the new catchphrase. <laughs> now, are you're familiar with the worst witch, aren't you? Oh yeah. Anything can happen on Halloween. <laughs> well, well, there's that and there's Teen Witch, which also, if you know anything about that. Um, I'm not familiar with Teen Witch. Oh, but... well, then I'm going to show you a video after this is all said oh, and done. Oh, very nice. <laughs> well, uh, my friend Todd Michael, who is a listener of the show, he pointed out to me when he showed me The Worst Witch, he said, how did J.K. Rowling not have a huge lawsuit thrown <laughs> on her by the worst witch people, because the worst witch is literally female Harry Potter before I, Harry I'm, Potter. I'm fairly certain everybody involved with that is either dying or dead of embarrassment. So. I know. <laughs> but, uh, that's, but That's what really happened to Tim Curry. But, <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> but Charlotte Ray playing the, the twin roles right, and all yeah. that. Charlotte Ray, that's the yeah, connective tissue that I, I bring that up with. So we start in the parlor, and we learn that Joe is going to the train station, and she's all, hurry up, Mrs. Garrett, let's go. <laughs> And uh, not really anything of consequence here, a couple of jokes. And then she says, Joe says, the best years of my life was spent <laughs> at my Uncle Sal's gas station. Hard cut. <laughs> not even like a wavy, <laughs> no, just, just bam, smash, yeah. smash cut. Smash cut. To the gas station where she's not even at yet. No, she hasn't arrived the yet. The whole new cast of this new show they're planning is there, though. And, yeah, and we hit it hard because it starts with this Uncle Sal going, no, 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 I'm not going to put in a sandwich machine or whatever. <laughs> and I, What is a sandwich machine? You mean a refrigerator? <laughs> no, a vending machine. You've seen like, a vending like machine. Like a refrigerator, though. I mean, like... A... But no, it has little... You put in the money. Oh, you mean like the little doors? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, instead like of... A, like an automat, but, but in yeah, machine like a little, form. Yeah, a sandwich machine. Yeah, yeah I'm, like, I, I'm wondering what a sandwich machine is, but I sure do know what an automat is. <laughs> I live in the 30s, but not the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we very quickly know this, this episode of my show, we're going to have a lot of uh, careers discussed of actors because we're introduced to so many new actors in and, here. And so. you'll, you'll never see again. Yes. Well, well, no, you do see some of them again. And we'll talk about them or where you might have seen them. This actor playing Uncle Sal yes. is Donnelly Rhodes. Now, now he looked familiar to me. Like, maybe he's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, as, like I'm the character actor. Yes. Who's, who's, he, who's like, it's that guy. Huge career. Yeah. He's a Canadian actor. Okay. So he's done a fuck ton of things in Canada. Mm -hmm. Not so much here, but... People at this time in 82 would recognize him because he played a character called Dutch on Soap. Okay. Which was the Billy Crystal, right. Catherine Helmand, uh, Catherine Damon show. And it's Donna Lee, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. -L -L yeah. Not Donna Lee. Yes, Donna Lee Like Rhodes. Donna Lee McKechnie from yeah, A yeah, Chorus Line. Yes. Um, <laughs> are you a homosexual, Christian? Uh, no, I'm, I couldn't possibly be. Yeah, show I'm two. a lesbian. <laughs> So he was also on Battlestar Galactica in 2004. What? The reboot? The reboot? Battlestar Galactica. Oh, well, I mean, I, then I've seen him in that, then. And you've seen him in that. That's where you recognized him. But um, looking at his credits, the longest run I could find mm. was 91 episodes between 1998 and 2005 of a show called Da Vinci's Inquest. Hmm. And it's, uh, the synopsis of it is, a Vancouver cop turned coroner searches for truth and justice with the help of his friends. 
<laughs> That's an it's, IMDb. It's like the secular Father Dowling mysteries. I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just weird. And then there's also 122 episodes uh, of a show called Danger Bay, which are the adventures of a marine biologist and his family as they fight environmental crimes and other problems. Wow. These are clearly IMDb descriptions by... I mean, I mean but Danger Bay, come on. I mean, how did we not name a water park? Then? I know. <laughs> Sadly, Donnelly Rhodes passed away from cancer in January of 2018. Oh, wow. So So fairly recently. uh, Yeah, he's been gone uh, not even two years now. Oh, rest Um, in peace, Donnelly Rhodes. Donnelly Rhodes, you had one hell of a fucking career. Seriously, look at his IMDb page. It's it's insanely long. Um, So what the the initial, no, 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 I'm not going to put in a sandwich machine. He's having an argument with his son. The son's name is Bud. And this is played by an actor named D.W. Brown. He is, we were looking at the ages because we were wondering what yeah, the ages. And that will come up later. Yeah, it will come up later. D.W. Brown is a 20-year-old actor. I gathered he was the older brother, that he might have been out of high school because what the argument is is he's trying to help his dad run right. the business and make suggestions like, let's have a sandwich machine right. where clients can... Right. Yeah, he, he's the business-minded one, apparently. Yeah. And so we instantaneously set up this dynamic between the two of them. And it's, I think, a good thing. The idea of, okay, you got the dad who's run the business old school and the kid who wants to infuse the business with well, newer ideas. Well you, you, well, you need that because this also follows sitcom trope number one and Disney animated movie trope number one, Dead Mother. Dead Mother. <laughs> yep, that's right. We, we get into the Dead Mother very, very soon. Um, so just so you know who D.W. Brown is, first of all, hot. Yes, yes. Uh, Even with the feathered hair. A lot, lot of fuckability in this episode. <laughs> and, well, and, he, and his shirt's open literally the entire time. Yeah, it, yeah. he has the split down the, the like, John Travolta split yeah, down to yeah. the sternum, showing off a little bit of chest hair, and lovely, by the way. Um, he was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh. Um, he had a very small role, interestingly, playing older than he is. He's 20 years old, and this is the same year. Fast Times at Ridgemont High was 82. He played a 26-year-old stereo salesman. And for those who remember Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Jennifer Jason Lee sleeps with a guy in a baseball field dugout. And in the course of their sleeping together, he does say, you're sure you're 19, right? And she's like, ah, yeah, totally 19. <laughs> she's 15. Statutory rape. Yep. But... He's, he's not actually 26, the actor's 20, so that makes it okay in a weird, <laughs> not okay way. Anyway, that's who D.W. Brown is, and that's where you might have seen him. I didn't see any other credits that uh, are there. So while they're having this argument, they keep going back and forth to someone laying below the car in this auto station. And they keep reiterating, Terry, can you believe that he wants to do this? What do you mean? Terry, he has this opinion. But uh, Terry, and I think the idea is they're It's talking. an ambiguous name. It's like, oh, they must be talking to this guy. This third brother. Because this, this third person yeah. un- laying under a car. Yeah. It has to be a man. Huh. And then Terry emerges from underneath the car. And it's a girl. Lesbian. No. <laughs> oh, but there's so many clues. <clears throat> but but the plot of the show is in many ways her trying to shed the tomboy thing. Yeah, well, yeah. she's overcompensating. Yeah, there, there are no lesbians <laughs> on television. There are tomboys. <laughs> and there are no gay men on television, just men who wear ascots. Now, um... Like Uncle Arthur. Her, exactly. Paul Lind <laughs> and Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> <and, Nah. yeah. laughs> 
He just made the Alec Baldwin glasses tongue <laughs> movement, which Charles Nelson Riley never did. I don't care. Damn it. I don't care. I ugh that that bothered me so much. That <laughs> actor studio. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we meet Terry Largo. Terry is uh, the fourteen-year-old daughter, sister of Bud, and she basically emerges from under the car saying, hey, would you guys knock it off? It's my birthday, so no arguing, and so the next guy that yells is going to get a wrench to the back of the head. And uh, She's the, tough as nails, that Terry is. Largo. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry Largo is played by, and the, the family is called Largo, by the way. That's the family name. So clearly... Italian. If you if you don't get it from all the times they're talking and waving their hands and doing all of this, they're turning hard into that ethnic skin. Oh, oh, absolutely. They, they know what this new show is going to be. So, um, the actress is Megan Follows, and it is pronounced Megan. Megan. That, that was put explicitly in the IMDb page about her. Now, she is 14 years old. She's playing 14 years old. And, and she looks 14. Let's just go ahead and put that out there right now. Yeah. No, she does. She was actually born in March of 68, so she's my age. She's just a few months older than I am. Uh, most people would know Megan Follows from starring in both of the miniseries, Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea, mm. which were huge she, in the 80s. She played the Gables. The Gables. <laughs> <laughs> She played Anne. And Anne of Avonlea, by the way, filmed in Canada. Two small roles played by pre-Kids in the Hall, Dave Foley and Bruce McCullough. Oh, wow. So they're very young. Like, you look at pictures of the original Kids in the Hall and you're like, God, they were so young. That's true, yeah. And it's like younger than I remember them being. But you're like, this is like, they're like barely 20. And uh, Dave Foley is just like a boy that dances with her at a at a cotillion or some shit like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyhow, so that's her big thing. And then there is also a series called Reign, R-E-I-G-N, about Mary, Queen of Scots. That ran from 2013 to 2017, and that had a lot of episodes. So mm. uh, Megan follows. She's still working. She's, mm. she's like I said, she's my age. She's 51, oh, okay. and she's still right. working, and good for her. So the deal is um, this argument's going on, blah, 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 and they do... Uh, at this point in the exposition drop that the mother is dead. Gasp. Gasp. Yeah, we have the mother is gone. Um, And then we have yet another child come in here. The other son named Paul. I think they sometimes call him Pauly. Something. Well, well, why wouldn't they? Uh, It's Italian. They're they're Italian. Is Is there an Italian family that doesn't have a Sal and a Pauly? Pauly, yeah. And in this case, Pauly. This actor is John Mangatti. Clearly an Italian Italian. boy, actually playing Italian. Um, He is, in fact, we were shocked to find out, he's playing the, I think, the middle child. He's still in high school. There's talk of him cutting class or getting in trouble with the principal and having food fights. But isn't he the oldest of all of them? He's (laughs) 27. It's like, fuck, dude. He looks great. I was like, well, hey, kudos to you. Yeah. He had previously been on The White Shadow, Mm. which was a TV series uh, around 1980 about a white basketball coach. Ah. Because there weren't enough white people being represented no. on television. No, no, no. They you were need to, no. More white people. Yes. Um, and then we have his his acting credits end around 2004. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> because what I, he died. No, I, no. no it no. doesn't <laughs> say he died. But anyhow, John Mangotti, where are you? I will interview you. Um, but here's the thing. It's so weird to cast these two brothers because... They both look alike. They both have dark feathered hair. Right. 
I think clearly Bud is the hotter brother. Paulie is clearly the more He's the, getting in trouble. Right. I, I think they, they clearly try to make him kind of the dumber one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a little more, yeah, yeah, a little dimmer. And uh, uh, and he's not quite as hot as his brother, but right. still, I wouldn't say they no. They wanted to make sure they all looked like they were family members because even the girl, they all look the same. Yeah, even they the, do. Even the girl looks they the do same as the other They do kind of look like a family. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the fact that for this show to work, they specifically had to only have one girl in it. Yeah. But the thing is, even, you know, change the hair or something. Right, to me, yeah. I think that would have been a problem or there would have been an adjustment made later. Thank God the next boy we meet is blonde. Yes. The blonde Italian boy. Yeah. Um, but John Mingotti, he's clearly the one who is uh, the troublemaker mm-hmm. or always in trouble. And uh, it says he's, he's late for showing up. He doesn't get good grades. He has a basketball with him. He's clearly all play, no work. But 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 we will also say though that even though the hotter older brother Bud Bud um, is a, clearly smarter yeah. and he's the business minded one. Yep. He's also fucking every girl in town. Oh yeah yeah like, yeah like like it's pretty obvious that like they they make it very clear that he's just screwing girls left and right. Yeah, they do get yeah. into that about the older brother. Yeah, yeah, and well, he should. Yeah. But I the mean, one who is getting in trouble in high school, but who knows? Yeah. Well, you get the sense that he and Tony, his friend whom we're about to meet, mm-hmm. that the two of them do okay. Like, they, uh, oh, they kind of oh, yeah. play off each other and stuff. So you kind of get the sense that all uh, the boys like, is fucking. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you get, they, they could be in a video together. I'm yeah, I, I w- I'd pay money for that. <laughs> the other thing I want to say about Bud and Pauly, they are both hot. Definitely fuckable. But they are so... That 1982 super thin. They are both so, so, like, probably the the quintessential is John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Right. For how skinny, skinny these guys are. But their um, high-waisted pants come all the way up over the top of their hips. (laughs) So they just... Even Bud. Bud's um, uniform. He's wearing one of those... Filling station onesies. Right. Like, he's a mechanic. Yeah. So he has a mechanic onesie on. It is tailored to him. It <laughs> yeah, is... I mean, when, when you, have you ever seen that before? A tailored onesie. It's, yeah. like, painted on yeah. him to show off his body. And I'm like, Jesus. It is, it is crazy. So then, finally, Joe shows up. It's like, oh, yeah, we were watching The Facts of Life, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So everyone else gets the like the rest of the week off. Yep. And oh. oh no, I'm I'm sorry. This is in front of a live studio audience, isn't it? Yes, it is. So so they get the day off. They do. <laughs> they didn't have to go to the full table read. Yeah. You know? They just yeah. But they still did have to do hair and makeup for that opening scene. Yes. Which oh by the way I forgot to mention in that opening scene in the parlor it is so short. Tootie doesn't have a line. Blair doesn't have a line either. Blair is just filing her nails, and. Um, after that hard cut, we never see them or the parlor again. But in the end credits, there is a scene where it looks like the girls are kind of clumping around Joe and pushing her out and patting her on the head and okay. seeing her off. Okay, so th- this is the point where we ask all of our listeners to petition Sony <laughs> to release a deluxe Blu-ray set with deleted scenes. With deleted so we can scenes. know... What they all said in that we have scene. to know. This is the important shit. So with all the hey, hi, how you doings, and Joe arriving, we are told the family connection here, which is where Sal says to Joe, "You've got that Paul Nacek smile, just like their mother. May she rest in peace." So it's like, oh, okay, 
So their, their mother was a Polnicek. So we assume she is the sister of Joe's dad because the sister of Joe's mother would have a different last name. Right. So she's the sister of Joe's dad. Joe's dad played by Alex Rocco from the Godfather movies. Right. And, um, and, and she's dead. So this whole, hey, what are you doing? How come you're talking to Polly like that? This is actually a half Polish, half Italian family. Of course. Interesting. Just pointing it out. Um, what we're talking about is Joe has arrived because of uh, they're having a birthday dinner for Terry. Because, you know, when you're turning, is she turning 14 or is she turning 15? Did we, did I, I we think discover? 14. I think it is her birthday. Okay, so she right. is She's 14. 14. This is literally her 14th birthday. Because when you're 14 years old, what sounds more fun than a home-cooked dinner in your own house around a table with your family? Yeah. And that's it. And then, and, oh, then, and, and, and then retiring to watch television on a single couch with five people. Uh, they were going to go bowling too, Christian. Oh, You're being for, very they, unkind. They forgot about it. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that too. Um, so then the thing is, at this point, Bud alludes to, is that really what you want to do for your birthday? And she's like, yeah. And he's, I, I feel like he doesn't even ask her. Bud somehow declares that Terry should maybe be socializing with someone other than her family. Like what you were saying. Right. It's like, who, do you, you know, who really wants to spend their birthday with their family? She should be socializing with other kids. Eating dinner with family, that's, that's a Thursday night. That's, yeah. not, that's not, it's your birthday. Exactly. There's at, a least, special... at least go to a restaurant for fuck's sake. Come yeah. on. Yeah, at the bowling alley. Yeah. You can have cheese fries. <laughs> but, um, but, and they're having a special meal. Okay, they start, this is where we kind of hit upon what's about to happen is, she should be, shouldn't she be socializing with people her age? Shouldn't she, is this really what a 14 year old girl wants? Uh, valid questions. But not valid when an older male brother is declaring them without asking her. Yes. Yeah. He's like, okay, what's especially weird about this, he's like trying to put her out there. It's like, okay, yeah. you need to go be deflowered. But then the moment yeah. that she, the, okay. yeah, the moment that she decides to do something about it, he like 180s it. Yeah. Later. Yeah. yeah. Later in the episode. But with this, him at least talking about. Her doing, I mean, like I said, valid, but the writing one, and this show was written by Linda Marsh and Margie Peters, two women. Why they wouldn't have had him, I mean, the, the tweak is so easy to say, Terry, are you sure you really want this? And have her say, what do you mean? Well, maybe you want a social, don't you want to maybe get together with your friends instead? I mean, it's like include her in this declaration as to what she wants yeah. and what she should want. It's like, fuck you. This is just the beginning of oh. a long line when, of misogyny oh. and sexism in this yes, episode. Yes, and written by two women. <laughs> oh, drive me crazy. So um, the dad says, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, she should be starting dating. And the dad says, funny moment, he says, yeah, absolutely. She should be dating when the time is right. It's just not right yet. And he leaves. So we've got the typical protective dad thing. So then in comes Tony. Now, Terry <laughs> is bent over under the hood of a car. Tony walks in and smacks her on the ass and says, hey, you're not going to believe it. Last night I made out like a bandit. And she gets up and he's like, oh, shit. I thought you were Paulie. 
I thought you were your brother. And she's like, really? And anyhow. Lesbian. <laughs> no, I mean, but she, then, she truly, and they, they, they hit on this hard. She really looks like a boy. Yeah, she she's dresses got the short, like a boy. She's got the short. Yeah, that they got style the whole tomboy thing. But they also justify it that she was eight when her mother died, so six years ago. And you so got she's only had male role models well, yeah. and her dad, and she's you know the daddy's girl. I told to me that didn't bother me at all. The whole the idea of how did she get here? Mm. That didn't. I thought that was well set up. Now Tony is played by. <laughs> If I may get the vapors just saying his name, Grant Kramer. Which we discussed was 20 years old? 20 years 20 old. 20 years old going on 36. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, going to be important later. Um, I just want it to be pointed out that I will post the link to this on the website, but I had previously posted this. At one point, Logo's new now next rankings, they did a ranking of the hottest 20 men on the facts of life. <laughs> Grant Kramer was number one. Oh, where did Donnelly show up at? Uh, Donnelly Rhodes was number 104. <laughs> so Grant Kramer, uh, this is 82. In 1984, he was in a movie called Hard Bodies. Wow. Another awful teen sex comedy. And it's about three middle-aged men who hire a younger man to help them pick up women at the beach. And he is the one, the young, successful guy. And um, there was a sequel that in 86. sounds terrible. It, I we can watch it. I found it online. No, no, no I think I'm good. <laughs> and um, there was a sequel in 86, but he did not play the same role. They had another actor. Uh, Grant Kramer was on The Young and the Restless for 46 episodes in 1986. In 1988, uh, nerds will know him that he was in Killer Clowns from Outer oh, Space. All right. Uh, and and there's talk of a, I think they're in the process of trying to do a sequel, like all these years later, like a thing with him in it like he's involved in might even be producing i think but uh yeah he is really really hot like the most fuckable of all the boys on i mean show. He, you could say you might say he could he could turn a lesbian straight <laughs> <laughs> well um what happens is he is talking to Ter and he keeps talking to Terry like, like she's one of the guys kind of a thing. And he says, oh, did I make out last night? And um, Like then, a bandit. Yeah, made out like a bandit last night. And then in comes Paulie, and they're like, hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Really, really playing up. It, it is literally every murder mystery show you've ever seen. Or, 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 or Tony and Tina's Wedding. Tony and Tina's Wedding. Yeah, very, very. Bada boom, bada bing. So um, through a series of... Uh, manipulations. Terry says, uh, mentions that they're making this delicious meal. And Tony's like, oh my God, that stuff is so good. Be sure you save the leftovers for me. And she's like, well, gee, I don't know if there's going to be any leftovers. And the dad is like, what do you mean? I made enough for an army. And she's like, uh, Joe's here. Yeah, the, that fat cow. <laughs> Funny. And Joe's reaction was awesome. <laughs> And, but she's like, ah, but it's for family. You know, birthday dinners are just for family. And they're like, what do you mean family? He's, and Paulie says, Tony's my best friend. Yeah, this and is the, all subterfuge on Terry's part. Yeah, and the dad is like, yeah, I mean, he's practically family. He's coming to the dinner tonight. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> and Terry's like, well, okay. <laughs> and she gives Joe a look, and Joe gives her a look, and Joe's like, you shrewd little bitch. <laughs> um... 
So there it is. So now it is clear Terry has got a crush on Tony. Oh, and does she? Because she Tony is... and Terry's wedding. This yeah, was the inspiration <laughs> for the improvised theatrical event. Tony and Terry's wedding. Tony and Terry's wedding. Um, then we go up to the bedroom. Oh yeah. Oh this is oh this is the confab between Joe and, and Terry. And Terry. Yes. So Terry is standing in front of a mirror holding up a dress. And, and let me oh let me tell you. Let's Christian, would you please describe oh, this dress? It is the most beautiful dress you have <laughs> ever seen in your life. Was it Christian Dior or was it Diane von Furstenberg? <laughs> well, uh, let me just put it this way. Anna Wintour would stand up and applaud. <laughs> <laughs> If it was like an ironic runway show. Oh my god. Uh, this thing looks like I don't know what it was made out of, but there's 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 frills and there's like I don't It's it's I I call it a holly hobby dress. It yeah, looks like yeah. a holly hobby because that was big at the time. These sort of ugly floral prints but in dull colors. It, 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 it was just... like a dull bluish color and it had from the shoulders down to the middle of the chest. And the thing is I had know... these di- like on the 45 degree diagonal diagonal layers of lace yeah and it was it was very it, 80s yeah and i'm maybe a little bit too early before before everyone was doing cocaine but <laughs> oh no the coke was it was still flowing at that point it was still flowing okay so it, uh, yeah i thought it was more l- later 80s that that was happening well, like know, mid S- to late 80s the cast of snl started it back in yeah, 75 no, really but but man i don't know what anyone would have been thinking to have put that on but it was we have discussed many times on this show when the girls dress up, when they try to get looking, you know, more adult. Mm-hmm. All of the clothes, all of the dress-up clothes from the '80s were so insanely matronly and unflattering. Well, that's the thing. It's like if if a seventy-five-year-old woman was wearing this, yeah, you you'd go, okay, yeah, that woman was born in the nineteen tens. Yeah, it's I get a, it. It's a very grandma type. Of I get address. it. I get it. But but uh, not a fourteen-year-old, no. and not the reaction she's getting from it. Oh hell no! Which well, will be coming soon. That's coming soon. Anyhow, Joe comes out of the bathroom, and uh, she says, "Can I show you something? Promise you won't laugh." And then she shows her the dress, and Joe's like, "So it's a dress." And she's like, so what is this about? And she says, is this this about Tony? And she says, yeah. And she says, he said that I look just like Pauly. And she says, well, he's never seen Pauly in one of these. Or has he? (laughs) In my fantasies. So basically she says, Joe, you got to help me. And she empties a bag and she's got a bunch of makeup. And she says, I bought all this stuff to wear it, but I don't know how to wear it. I'm way out of my league. And of course, the hilarity of it being Joe. Asking Joe of all people. And Joe says. But she's got a secret weapon though. Yeah, but Joe says, I brush my teeth and then go. That's it, like that's, <laughs> that's her whatever. But she does have her secret weapon. What is her secret weapon, it's Christian? It's Blair, or as I like to call her, 1980s Laura Bell Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that. She's got that kind of round face like that Laura Bell Bundy. Face, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, she's a little Laura Bell Bundy there. And, yeah, and you know, the Elle Woods, that rich. She, yeah. Blair is a proto Elle Woods, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. I Just never from thought what of that. little I saw of her, yeah. it seemed like. No, you're totally right. Um, so. She has Blair on the phone and asks her for makeup tips. There's just it's just a chance to give a little bit of a touchback, a touchstone to the facts of life. Blair asks what shape her face is, and she's like, and then Joe um, takes the phone away from her ear, turns to Terry, and says, "Are you sure you want to do this? Are they ready 
to see you coming down the stairs looking like a girl. I mean, this this is seriously. This is this is take, being taken so seriously. Like yeah. she's going through like a transition. Yeah, like, exactly. Like this, this, yeah. this is like the proto. Yeah, proto, Terry. Yeah. Terry could have been a fourteen-year-old boy. Yeah. saying I want to it, be it, my it, true yes, self, and I'm going to walk down the stairs as a girl, as a girl for the first time, yeah. and let them see who I, you know, identify as. Yeah, no, you're right. They're yeah, treating it like it's that big a fucking deal. Um, and so she says, are you sure that they're ready for this, the family? And Terry says, well, ready or not, here I come. Cue a, like, clap track. A, 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 a acceptance and applause. And, but still a slightly too long pause beforehand. <laughs> and it's just like, Whoa. They're waiting for the one person to start it. Yeah. No, but it's the clap track. It's mm-hmm. a clap. It's not, it was not the studio. It was, that was the clap track that we've discussed many, many times. Um, and it's it's very identifiable because the beginning of it is a little clumsy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so they yes. were like, that, so they they probably recorded it once, and they were like, that's good enough. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and I realized it's actually a carryover from different strokes. Oh, so it's the same one. They, they just keep bringing in the same audience. Yeah. Hey, spin off. What's well, <laughs> just a spin off? So use the same <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, so we are now at the commercial. Christian Damon, when we go to commercial on my show, I like to do a little James Lipton and get to know my guests so please would you tell me where were you born i was born in tampa florida i'm so sorry yes i know but I mean, tampa, it wasn't florida, your fault home to hmm, <laughs> home of the buccaneer fu- the, the fighting buccaneer the fighting, the fighting I think, uh, well, bush uh, gardens I, <laughs> the fighting bushes is that it it's uh, like there are a few famous people came from there oh yeah so, were you also raised in Tampa? Oh, yes. I did. I moved out here when I was 18. So. Uh-huh. You, so, God, 18 years ago. 18 years ago. That's right. No, That's no. true. Um, are you comfortable sharing the story of your parentage? Uh-huh. I have no... I honestly... I have no idea who my father is. Uh-huh. And, I, I broached the subject once. Yeah. And I was told... It could have been one of three different people. So I am I, in a Mamma Mia situation. I have a dream. <laughs> and then, and then I find this out. I, or I, oh, I, I, new I, well, I noodle this on my own. I was born on October first, which is exactly nine months after New Year's Eve. Oh. So I'm like, oh my God, was this a Mamma Mia situation on New Year's Eve? Holy shit. Nah, so I don't. That's why I was asking because you have mentioned before yeah. about you being a real life Mamma Mia. Yeah, yeah. That situation. Is, and God knows, I've gotten born with a heart defect and scoliosis. I mean, I, I have no idea what was going on there. You were, yeah. It's. <laughs> It's a miracle I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and don't have an iron lung. Yeah, exactly. Club I have foot. literally titanium rods going down my spine. Wow. I had surgery when I was a baby for my heart. And, and now I'm clinging to life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Lovely. I'm glad you live long enough to be on my show. Yes, this is, this is my final. This, this is, is it, my, the final This hurrah. is my final hurrah. Yep. After this, I can die happily. Oh, dear. Wow. <laughs> So uh, you moved here when you were 18 with the intent to be an actor. Is that... No, absolutely not. Okay, um, then tell me what I didn't your. St- I, didn't, what... I didn't even start till after that. Okay, what was your what was your plan when you moved to oh, Orlando, I, I, and then how did you get into acting? I, I well, I was going to be like a creative writing major for a hot second. Okay, which is just about as bad of an idea as you probably think it is. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, there are I mean, better. There are better so... You can you can write creatively without a degree. Yeah, or, if you or, don't or get a better degree, something that's more applicable to actually making money. Yeah, if uh, you if you don't 
incur a great amount of student debt, yeah, yeah study yeah, it. Yeah. But that's not a thing like, I'm going to go to Harvard right. to study creative writing, so no. I have to, because y- right. you ain't going to pay off them loans. Well, see, what happened was I immediately got a job at Universal, uh-huh. and I was in uh, entertainment tech at the time. I had zero experience. This was all happenstance and luck. Wow. L- I mean, like, pure luck. Like, wow. I started as a character at Horror Nights back in 2000, back in Aught One. Aught One. And this was after 9-11. Uh, this is yeah. when they had to cut all the Ooh, blood shit. and all That's the, right. like, yeah. all that stuff. But the people I met, though, kind of pointed me in certain directions, like Sack. Sack Comedy Lab mentioned many times yeah. before on yeah. the show. It's, yeah, so improv training. Yeah, that's huge. The, can't I mean, honestly, can't can't go anywhere better in this part of the country. Nope. True. Um, Very true. For for the training there or as someone called it a trade school i forget who it was and really, and, and really i mean any even if you're not planning on being an improviser per se it's going to help you regardless yes god um, yes 1000 yeah. percent um mm-hmm. but so i started that and then uh at around that time i also transferred to valencia i was like to take theater let me get my a in theater okay and so i started doing that and that's where we met actually was when you were going uh, to Val- valencia yeah and uh yeah there was a production of a, a musical called bat boy the musical yeah so when i uh auditioned for it and i got the role of the sheriff mm-hmm. and uh you were this student this child <laughs> that was playing what was your was I it bud? bud i think you played bud bud i did pull and, up- and also giant uh bald giraffe stilt yeah. Oh, that's right. In the children, in the children, children's orgy scene, animal orgy, and yeah, and that was two thousand four. We have known each other fifteen that, Jesus years. Christ. It's, it's going to be sixty, isn't that? Yeah, that's weird. Holy. Jane yeah, because in two thousand three, I got my first actor role at Universal because uh-huh. I had done Grinchmas for the first time, uh-huh. and that that snowballed into a whole thing. And then eventually, I got Poseidon, and I did a bunch of other things, and then I got Disney yeah. in two thousand seven. So yes. I mean, so I mean, I was very lucky. I was very lucky. Yeah. I mean, I, I went from zero to hero. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I mean, zero to if I had wanted to, getting an equity card. Yeah. In six years. Yeah. Which that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not bad. But mostly through my improv skill, though. Like, that, that's why I was hired. Yeah. Because you know, that's, and, uh, well, well, yeah, because you are funny and yeah, you're quick on your feet, yeah. and so, so yeah, that's that's the that's the basic rundown and. Here I am, 18 years later. Still at still, Poseidon. Still, 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 we're still open. I don't care. Yeah, oh, no, you should. Uh, yeah, still at Poseidon's uh, Fury yeah. over at, uh, at the original Universal. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, Universal's yeah, Island. Yeah, 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 of adventure, yeah, a couple, and do a couple other things, too. And, and you do a couple uh, other things yeah. over there, too. Uh, you and I have always fantasized, and this may never, ever happen, but we've always fantasized about doing a sketch show, like for Fringe or something, yeah. utilizing the talents that we have with our friends with Citizens of Hollywood. You were associated with a show called Door Number Three. Yes, presents skits and giggles. Skits and giggles. But I remember after the show going to you saying, it was really fun, it was really funny. And I said, my favorite bits in the show, Christian, were this one, and you went, yep, I I wrote that. And and then this sketch, and then that sketch. You went, yep, wrote that, wrote that. It was all the stuff that you had written. And so I was like, damn, and I've, I haven't, I did sketch many, like 20 years ago, I was involved in doing sketch and I miss it. It's, it is just such a commitment to do something like that. I mean, I mean, it's, it is a lot of work. And um, Fringe is ideal for that because right, it's because, a certain time. Right, you're, you're locked into that time. you got to have it done. And But there's an end cap, and then you can disband the group when you decide you hate all the people after all. <laughs> now, you are 
a big SNL fan yes. like I am. Mm-hmm. Huge. We always discuss it. I know if I'm watching SNL, yeah. I can text you. And you worship Kate there, McKinnon. Of course. Well, I mean, who I think shouldn't? there are a few. There are a few people who don't. I yeah, would, I, exactly. would, I would say. I, I, if you don't, what's wrong with you? Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and but you're really kind of one of. Uh, there are so many. There's such a big Venn diagram crossover of the nerd culture yeah. and the actor acting community mm-hmm. in Orlando. Megan Maroney being a good yeah. example of that. But you too. You are wearing a Captain America yes, shirt I am. I am. because you are a huge Marvel. MCU yeah. fan, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you are also a Harry Potter freak, yeah. Yeah. and you are also a Star Wars nerd. No, nah, not really. Not Star Wars. Nah, I mean, I, I mean, it says I with the droid on the freaking. Yeah, uh, other than they got a hundred and fifty dollar droid on the <laughs> on your wall. But, yeah, but no, uh, I'm not a big fan. I, I'm, a, I mean, uh, like I will, I go see them. Yeah, I am not a crazy fan. Yeah, I've never, I, I enjoy them. Yeah. yeah. What other nerdy stuff are you into well, that I'm forgetting? Nerd. Star Trek. Star Trek. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, Star Trek. You're thinking Star Trek. Yeah, that's that's Star Trek. what I... That, clearly, because yeah. I know you so yeah, well. Yeah, But, um... Yeah. I mean, listen. It, it takes a fan to pay $10 a month for CBS All Access. Oh, shit. <laughs> to see the new Picard? Oh, for... Oh, God. I think everyone creamed their pants at the same time when that <laughs> last trailer came out. Oh, my God. Freaking Jerry Ryan doesn't age. Uh, no. oh, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but... and Oh, oh. I'm, I'm not a huge star. I enjoyed the reboots. Yeah. And I did like some but, of I mean, the next generation. With what's going on in Star Trek right now, the idea is that in the next two years or so... There will not be a time when Star Trek is not on the air on CBS All Access. Therefore, you will always have to keep your subscription going. Oh. So, like, Discovery will go into Picard, which will go into the Section 31 show, which will go into the animated show, which will go into... There's all these shows are in the works right now. Jesus. Like, we're in various stages of production, so... Wow. Yeah, I know it's a huge resurgence right now, because CBS has it all back in their their home court now, again, and they're, they're... Taking advantage as well they should. Definitely so much of our conversations in the green room whenever we were between our sets was always talking about that. Or or just YouTube videos of... uh... And there is a term at the... Still to this day at the Citizens of Hollywood trailer. I keep it alive. It's allow me to Christian Damon you. Ah. Which is when... I mentioned, oh, there was a funny sketch where this and this uh, happened. Well, let me just pull yeah, it up and, and, and throw my phone in front of your face <laughs> where you are now You are now technically my prisoner, but yep. I know you really want to watch it. <laughs> it's And I don't mean that in a bad way. That's one of those like... Well, it's, it's also like, I only tend to do that with really good stuff though, too. Yeah, agreed. Like, I, 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 you know, I'm actually curating these things. Yeah, exactly. Curating. That's what it is. It's like, I'm not I'm just a- being like, hey, look at this. Look at this puppy. Yeah, hey. Look at, the, look at this. Oh, look at this. Oh, the cat couldn't make it to the, to the table. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, so, well, I am I'm very happy we were able to make this all work and uh, we were able to coordinate and uh, and that I have you here and we can uh, we can be watching this show. But uh, we have got a young girl <laughs> struggling with her identity whom we have to complete her story. Well, I mean, and what a story to be told. The greatest story ever. <laughs> yeah, wow. So we come back from commercial now. We are now in the dining room, and they're preparing for the birthday dinner. <laughs> the brothers fight. Tony shows up, still wearing his leather jacket. And I have to say, Tony's accent's a little bit more not right than the others. This was not filmed on the same day as the scene in the garage. <laughs> well, but no, I just think in general, that actor, it was like he was clearly hired because of his fuckability, not right, because yes. of his dialect. 
So Tony shows up. Terry comes down in the dress, and I mean, like this is this is a debutante this is ball. Like, this is, this is like, here she is. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, honestly, Tony is really sweet, and he's like, "Wow!" And he goes, "Look at you!" And she's like, "Why? What's wrong with me?" And he's like, "Nothing. You look really pretty." And, and he's being nice, and they've written it, and he has compliment. Like, you know, when he says, right. like, hey, what are you talking? Terry's a real knockout tonight. Yeah. Helping to but, but, encourage her. Yes, but not to worry. That's going to swerve real soon. Yeah, that is. Um, <laughs> because there is the question of what is Terry's plan. It's I'm 14, and I like this boy who's 17 that I know is fucking everything in sight. Yes. And, oh, earlier he says, there's this really cute uh, chick down at McDonald's that we got to go see tonight. And he's like, well, no, I can't. The birthday dinner, that's how that all comes about. That will come back. I, I just don't know. I don't know what Terry, if Terry thinks what? that they're going to date. But what would their dietician say? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so how how many calories are in semen? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done some research. <laughs> The trouble is we don't have Mrs. Garrett. I don't get you to do your Miss. Your everybody does their bad Mrs. Oh, Garrett. Oh no! Along with me, I uh, do my bad Mrs. Garrett. So uh, if you're inspired, well, we'll have to do this again with an, like an actual I, episode. Yeah, I owe you. I certainly owe you. So, um, so uh, the family is shocked, but they're nice. They there's a shock there, but even uh, Bud says she looks really pretty. Yeah, come on down, kind of a thing, and so. Uh, they sit down, and Joe says, uh, would you switch seats? I want to sit next to Tony. And that's where Bud says, hey, woman who knows what she wants and goes for it. Yeah. But Joe is doing it so that Tony can sit next to Terry. Um, and then Terry said, wow, look at me. I'm so lucky I get to sit next to the gorgeous birthday girl. And Terry starts doing this adorable little, <laughs> just high-pitched, squeaky girl laugh. Which, because, uh, which apparently none of them have ever heard before. Yeah. This is the first time it's ever. She, her awakening is beginning. Her, her exactly. She is blossoming. You can before them. hear her menstrual flow. I, it is. This is Mina Suvari in American Beauty, <laughs> and the flower petals. And Kevin Spacey is jacking off somewhere oh with with Anthony Rapp. Oh no! No, <laughs> no you did. He went there. Jeez. Hey, Anthony, the rap's the one who took him down. Hey, I'm telling you. Hey, and well, well, he should have. So they even result, and I've, I've given shit to the middle-aged vaudevillian writers sometimes for when they go for the joke. And t- Tony actually says, the doctor says I got a week back. And they say, really? When did he tell you that? A week back. Ah! With Rosemary and Maury Amsterdam. Exactly. Exactly. That is, <laughs> in, that is straight up. In the writer's room. That is straight up Alan Brady. Straight up. But, um, so. See, uh, I know that. Yeah. I know, I know the fucking Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. So then, um, so the family is picking up on this, on the fact that she's giggling at him. And so she serves him his food. He, and she says, here, let me get you another meatball. And the dad's like, he's got enough Meatballs. meatballs. And you're like, does, does he mean te- testicles? <laughs> I, I mean... The, the word ball, ball was in it, so he, they, they, they're, something sexual I, was being referenced. There was, I guess so. Um, so they say, we're going to go bowling later, as we're planned, right? And he says, yeah. 
and he says, "Hey Terry, how would you like it if I took you to the bowling alley On so the you back could backseat of my motorcycle?" Yeah, and they're all like, "She can't do that," and she's like, "Who says I can't?" And then one of them says, "Well, you can't do that while you're wearing a dress." <laughs> then I'll take it off. <laughs> and the dad has a fucking conniption. Yes. <laughs> When Sal recuperates from all the choking, he says, Joe, would you take Terry into the kitchen and do something for about five or ten minutes? And so then Joe does, takes Terry out of the room, at which point all three of the of the Largo Start boys... talking shit. They, they <laughs> turn on Tony and they're like, what the hell are you trying to do? Or, or we can see what... I think they say... We can see what you're trying to do. And Tony's right. like, what, yeah. what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? And the dad says, you just said she was going to take her dress. He goes, she said she's going to take it. And so the girls come back in, but it is so illogical right, right. Well, the that they turn it back, on him. Yeah. And the, the girls come back in who make a statement that's actually very obvious and actually makes sense for once in a sitcom. Yeah. We can hear you. Yeah. Like you were five feet away and there's no wall. Yeah. If you think you're having a private conversation, <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. But um, again, there are writing tweaks that could have fixed yeah. this. Even if it was them going to him, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. And having Tony say, what do you mean? Hey, what right, is going yeah. on? I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, well, the way... You know, you sitting next to her and her getting all giggly and stuff. And have him just say, she's just a kid. It's her birthday. I'm being nice to her. It, it just seems so weird that the guys turned so hard on Tony, this member of the family who was welcome to share the birthday dinner with them. But it, and in turn, it makes the whole thing even more awkward for the viewer because Tony, while as we have discussed, the actor is 20. Yeah. He looks older than that. He does. And yeah. I mean, like, he's, he looks great. Yeah. But he, he could easily be late 20s and you wouldn't bat an eyelash. Yeah. And, he looks, and, his best friend is a 27-year-old actor and they look the same Right, age. right. Yeah. And, and this, again, and the girl is 14 and looks 14. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there is this even, whole thing. Even at his actual age, still illegal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I wish her intent had been a little clearer. The idea that Maybe in the scene with Joe, another... Typically, we do give notes to the writers on this show. So this is falling under <laughs> that umbrella. Yeah, so, so write them down. Write them, get in your time machine <laughs> so, and go yeah, fix this yeah. shit. There could have been a moment where Joe asks her what I'm asking. So what do you want out of this? Mm. What do you? So do you, do you really think that he would date you? Isn't he, a Isn't he a lot older than you? I thought he dated a lot of other girls. Like, at least laying out the no. reality of the situation. And then even if she said, I don't imagine he would ever want to date me, but I would just love for him to look at me not like a kid yeah. and not like a little girl and not like Polly's sister. Yeah. Even if she just said that was what her goal was. Not a girl, not yet a woman. <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> so now that the cat's out of the bag and Terry knows that they're yelling at Tony and all that, that's where Joe smartly steps up and says, hey, Tony, why don't you show me your, my, your motorcycle? Let's get the fuck out of here and let them sort through this shit. And they do. And so they're like, you're acting, one of the brothers is like, you're acting weird and making eyes at Tony. And, uh, and she says, so what? And he's like, next thing you're going to be inviting guys over for Harvey's Bristol Cream. 
Do you even know what that is? I have no fucking clue what that is. Harvey's Bristol Cream is a sherry. Oh, okay. So it's just come over for a glass of sherry. A nightcap. A night, exactly. And then we can fuck. But um, <laughs> I think it's Bud that says, girls don't throw themselves at men. And she says, what are you talking about, Bud? You didn't come home three nights last week. Yeah. I'll bet you some of those girls you were with were somebody's sisters. Uh-oh. Snap. But you don't want to get all philosophical. Yeah. That's what he basically responds like, this isn't the time to get all philosophical. Yeah, he's like, that's, he basically says, that's different. Yeah. Without saying, yeah. I'm a man. It's okay yeah. for me to fuck around. You're yeah. a girl and you can't. And well, again, I, I took it, well, I, but I also took it as he knew that he goes, oh, because he realized she's right. She's oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yes. She's, she's, she's right. But um, I'm going to deflect this. And yeah. let's, let's move on. Yeah. So um, anyhow, then we have the heart to heart moment when the dad says, look, when you were when your mom died, I had an eight year old daughter and I thought, hey, this is OK. I can do it. And raising you was easy. Blah, blah, blah. Just the whole talk about it was easy. But I guess things are changing now. Yeah, this is this is like we're going for the Emmy. Let's yeah. Go. So I just, and she says, I just want to do stuff that other 14-year-olds want to do. Is that wrong? What's wrong with that? And the father says, nothing. So then... So it's, it's, it, everything seems great. Everything seems good. And then the, to get the sons on board, Paulie says, well, I don't want you playing basketball with me no more. And she says, why not? And he says, girls don't play basketball. Because, no, because they said, no, some girls do, but not with me. Yeah, not with me. And then the dad says, you know what? I don't think you should take metal shop in the school. And this is where I think you were talking about. Yeah, I, on watching it through the first time before the turn happens, yeah. you're thinking, oh, maybe he's trying to get the boys on board with this because the boys started it. Yeah. The boys start with the, you, you can't play basketball with me. Anymore. Yeah. So maybe he's like, oh, come on. Of course you can play basketball with you. So I'm going to do some reverse psychology yeah. here. And, and make it would have been great. And make it sound ridiculous. So, and then they do come around. The boys do come around, but the dad was being sincere. I know. It's so wrong. Because what happens is the dad says, yeah, you know what? You shouldldn't take metal shop. You should take home ec. Yeah. And she's like, why? He says, so, you so you'll cook. be learning at the cook. And he says, and you know what? I don't want you working at the station anymore. Girls don't work yeah, in service stations yeah. and girls don't do this. And you wanted him to say, you know what? I think we have to throw away all your blue jeans because girls don't wear yeah. pants anymore. You shouldn't have any more pants. And at this point, the boys should be going, wait, what? come on, no, dad. dad. This is crazy. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. That would have been a great twist. That, that's what I thought it was going but toward. No. No, he's literally being serious. Yeah, and then it's um, oh, and, oh, and then, oh, and it's, then like, it's Bud, the older son, who says, "Well, Dad, if she's going to be a woman of the '80s, she could do both. She could work at the station and, and also cook." cook. <laughs> and he's like, "No, no." He goes, "Why don't you clear off the table?" Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Go clear the table, and we're going to watch TV now. And they all sit down on the couch and watch to start watching all, TV. All, all of them start watching TV on the world's tiniest couch. For all these people in this house, and for all, three adult males, uh, yeah. while while the poor lesbian goes off to clear the table, clear the table, and it's like, uh, don't go and get Joe and Tony, who you know are outside, right. literally to give you your space. So it's like Jesus. So God. we've canceled the bowling trip. We're gonna watch TV. We've had three bites yeah. of pasta, and now the lesbian's on suicide watch. Yeah, <laughs> what's happening? Joe does come back, and she goes over to Terry while Terry's clearing the table. But where'd Ter- Tony go though? Well, no, she says... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she asks, where's Tony? And (laughs) Joe says, he said he had to go pick up something at McDonald's. Yep, fucking the McDonald's, lady. Good good callback, though. That was good writing. 
Um, Terry says, I did everything wrong. And Joe says, you will be fine as long as you be yourself. Good message from Joe to bring from the Eastland School and from the Facts of Life um, uh, chest of messages, mm -hmm. I guess. And then um, Terry says, they're not making it easy for me. And Joe says, you, she basically says, you're, you're stubborn like a goat. Something like or that. Or something yeah. like that. But she basically says, my money's on you. That you can, basically she's saying, you're strong and you can fight them and you can match mm -hmm. them. So then Terry goes back over to the family and says, I'm just trying to be myself. It doesn't have to be such a big deal, does it? And then the phone rings. And the guys are all kind of waffling on answering the question. Like, well, maybe, I guess we, uh, yeah. And then Joe says, the phone call's for you. And she says, Really? And Joe says, don't worry, he'll wait. And by he'll wait, he means he has to finish fucking the McDonald's. No, no. <laughs> you see, I'm not sure that that wasn't Tony. I think that was another boy. You think? No. Why, why, where, where would that even come from, though? Why would Tony, after what just happened, why would he call the house to talk to her after he just got yelled at for... Uh, for I, being I accused of but trying we, to fuck have, a fourteen-year-old, literal, literally no evidence that there was any other boy in the picture, though. No, but I think the idea is well. Well, then the episode ends with Joe saying, "Don't worry, he'll wait," and Terry, like, "What?" gets up, goes over, and answers the phone. And as she gets on the phone, all the family it, it, it pans past her, so you don't see anything else. Yeah, they all over lean forward like, with Joe, like those, like the freaking big tongue coyote. Yeah, you know, like like well, drew, like well, not no, not not not, not like in a glaring lascivious. No, but lascivious the idea way, was but. all of them were, I think, curious. You know, them who like, what be? is this? Yeah, I think the who could it be? But there was also a, a very strong strain of, I guess, this is. This what? is what's happening. Yeah, this, this is, is happening I guess now. this is our life now. Boys See, are going to be calling. I, I'm going to give you the alternate uh, if this show got picked up. Go Just, for if it. If this got picked up to series, episode two. We open in the kitchen. Yes. And full Cinderella outfit, scru <laughs> scrubbing the, the floors. floors. <laughs> 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 that's, that's how I imagine it turns out. Okay. But on the, on the upside, she's wearing a dress and she's growing her hair out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so because because of the final tableau of all of them leaning forward, you know, in anticipation, watching her on the phone, I think that was as far as pilots go. Yeah. I think that was good in the sense of there's more to come. Yeah. Did you find this interesting enough that you would want to see? Okay, what does the future hold with you know her starting to date, her starting to act less like a tomboy? And be less under the thumb of her male I, I, family. I, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give one more option for the second episode. Do it. Do it. All they do is get rid of her. It has just been about. It's been about the brothers. Done. Done. A B C. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That isn't that. It wasn't that a show called like the Finelli Boys or something. I don't, well, I'm just saying that was, it was that, 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 that if that had gone to series, I bet one of the options, somebody in that on that boardroom would have. Do we need the girl? Gone. Yeah, they with probably would have gone. Yeah, can we just like. Get yeah. rid of the girl. Yeah. I mean, like, remember how many? How Change many, the title to Joe's dead cousin. Well, I mean, like, how many, how many times has somebody gone upstairs and never come back down? Oh God, yes. <laughs> you know where? Where did Chuck go on Happy Days? Where is the older brother Chuck? <laughs> Where's cousin Oliver? Yeah. Where did Tiger? Where did the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah? So along the way, we've given our notes and the tweaks, but I guess the most disturbing, surprising thing is that for how feminist and 
female forward facts of life was Mm. as a show that the women who were responsible for it that they would write this script and have so much of terry not being given choices not being allowed to voice what she wants or at the very least putting her in a family where they don't allow her and having her demanding it having her say hey to have him go maybe the idea was that was going to be a slow build uh, maybe but when in the early first scene when bud says she should be hanging out with people her own age she should be dating at least have her turn and say hey whose life is this i'll decide if i want to do it you would have loved some for such a tough chick you would have loved some sort of pushback Mm -hmm. if not the tweaks we discussed where no 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 you, you make her treated nicer and make these guys not be fucking misogynist douchebags. So the question is, would, would Tony have still been a part of the show? Would, he still, would she still have been flirting with him? Would the entire show have become Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where she's just trying to get Tony oh God, and lying she's just, she's and just, lying? She's just a fucking psycho. God, what a proto-Crazy Ex-Girlfriend oh. where she's just going after him. And it's a terrible idea. Yeah, on the phone. <laughs> hey, Tony, come over to the house quickly. Dad just fell down the stairs and he needs your help. And then uh, have her walk up and push him down the fucking or, stairs. Or since it's an 80s comedy, she dresses up as dad and pretends to need uh, mouth to mouth. And he can't tell the difference. Yeah, it's I know. a sitcom. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm, oh, it's my heart. It's my heart. I got, I'm going to need the breath of life. <laughs> Oh, hey, that be, what are these? What are these? Wait a minute. I'm trying to give you CPR. And there's two lumps under there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that would have been very, very upsetting. It could have gone, <laughs> could have gone many, many ways. But I, I have seen worse episodes of established hit shows. Mm-hmm. For this one, considering pilots are so hard to write for the fact of exposition right. and introduction, but still trying to make it seem like business as and, usual. And, and, yeah, and, and not only that, again, if it went to series, chances are lots of things would have changed. Yeah, it's very true. Or they would have said, make her a boy right. who wants to transition. Yeah. That would have been the daring <laughs> show. Um, but the thing is, if you look at the backdoor pilot within different strokes, that was the facts of life mm. that brought Mrs. Garrett to Eastland. It is awful. And that's the one that said, yes, awful. let's try it. And then season one, awful. awful. It How wasn't until season last? two. Did they, NBC's ratings were in the shitter. They had nothing to So they had to nothing lose. else to go, to go to. So we're at the end of our episode, Christian. Uh, I know, it's well, so sad. you gotta take the good and take the bad. <laughs> and this was the... Honestly, with the tweaks that we made, I don't think this was terrible. I definitely will have you back, and we will definitely watch a real show. Yeah, I, want, I want to watch a real one with a real Mrs. Garrett. Although, part of me wants to watch that 2D episode, even though it's not Mrs. Garrett. Oh, oh, the um, the, the uh, Seven uh, Little Indians. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, part of me wants to see that, because it's in the back in of so my long. mind. Yeah. I don't really need a Mrs. Garrett. I mean, a Cloris Leachman, come on. Um... I'm I'm a diehard Mrs. Garrett. Yes. <laughs> you know when the when the Golden Girls decide to open a hotel, like you because do. we gotta we gotta keep it going. Like we gotta you keep do. this cash cow moving. And and Mitchell Hurwitz and Paul Haggis. Wait, Mitch Hurwitz is part of that? I believe he was one of the writers. Jeez, oh, I yeah. don't know. Golden Palace. Yeah, Paul Haggis was one of the writers <laughs> in the later seasons of this. And they're awful. But I'm not a, I'm not a huge Haggis fan. I didn't. I, I thought Crash well, was a, I I mean, thought Crash well, was a piece of Scot- shit. Unless you're Scottish, who is a huge Haggis fan? 
Anyhow. Ah! Christian, thank you so much, I mean, and we will have you back it's soon. Intestines. It's intestines. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let us say goodnight now. All right, I good. thank you very much for doing this, and we will have you back soon. Thank you, smooches, and goodnight. Yes, good morrow. <laughs> and there you have it. That was Christian Damon. <sighs> My friends are all really funny. And they all make me laugh. And that is a good thing. Uh, one little follow-up is I talked about uh, what the show would be if they had killed off Terry's character. And it was just about the father and the sons in the auto body shop. And I said, was it the Finelli Boys? And the Finelli Boys is not the show I was thinking it is. I can't think of what the show is. It's, it's somewhere in the back of my brain. If any of you can think of it, please leave me a comment or a note on Facebook or something because I'm drawing a blank and I am on a deadline, as I said. So I uh, need to get this posted and I may not have time to do the full research to figure out what the show is. Anyway, um, just follow up to what I said earlier about the Christmas movie happening with all of the Facts of Life girls. According to entertainmentweekly.com, the movie is called... You Light Up My Christmas, and it's going to be broadcast on Sunday, December 1st. I assume it's a nighttime thing. It doesn't say specifically, but check your local listings for specific show broadcast times. And uh, it does have uh, publicity pictures of Lisa Welchel, Kim Fields, and Mindy Cohn. Nancy McKeon is not in the picture, but it does say that she is uh, involved, So she may have a cameo or make a short appearance in it or something. But uh, the movie, the star of the movie is Kim Fields. And it looks like uh, Kim Fields also executive produced the movie. So woohoo, good for her. I am so excited. I think Christmas came a little bit early for all of us. So please tune in and then uh, stay tuned to this show to see what happens. So next week, I'm going to be watching season three, episode 24. That is the season finale of season three. And it's called Read No Evil. Going to have another special guest. And folks, do you realize my show is one year old already? When that show drops, it will be after Halloween. And this show premiered Halloween of last year. I am already a year into this. That's a quarter of the way through the entire series. That is mind-blowing. It's, it's just flown by for me, and I can't wait to uh, let you see what other stuff I've got in store and some other special treats that are coming down the road. But for now, I will just leave you with uh, that little teaser there, and I will say thank you, as always, for listening to the show. I really greatly appreciate it. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.